Tannehill. Shotgun back to his right. Ball's at the 12. Ravens showing blitz again. They'll bring it. Tannehill firing left side of the end zone. Juggling catch by Smith. He came down with the ball. Touchdown, Titans. What a catch. And what an upset by the Titans as they knocked off the Ravens in Baltimore. The number one seed losing to the number six seed. Not happened since the Jets beat the Patriots in New England. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Sports with Yosef. I'm Yosef Messiner. That was me with the call on Sportscaster. As the Ravens got beat by the Titans by 16 in the divisional round of the 2020 playoffs. In this episode, I break down that Ravens loss with guest Kemi Kusick. Not much more. Besides that, we do talk some Ravens as well. As well as I go solo to talk about the loss. All that coming up and not much more. On Sports with Yosef. After every game, film has to be analyzed. Fix the mistakes. Build on what worked. Ravens-Titans divisional round playoff game. The Titans won by 16. What happened? What went wrong? How the best team in the NFL lose to a team that barely made the playoffs. Kemi Cusick breaks down film every week. And this week, he is joining me on Sports with Yosef. Ken, how are you doing? And thanks for making time for this. Life's good, Yosef. How are you doing? Doing fine. Ken, the Ravens, a disheartening and surprising loss to the Titans. And just to start it off wide open, what happened? Oh, they lost five high-leverage plays really in the game to start it off. The, the interception was wind-affected. The, the wind fired. That was the first. Then the first fourth and one failure on a very tentative pull by Bozeman. Set them up for a 45-yard field. Down 14-0 on the very next play. Touchdown to Khalif Raymond. Then early in the third quarter, moving the ball effectively down 14-6. Looked like they were about ready to take control of the game again. They failed on fourth and one at the 19-yard line. Then that type versus a jumbo set. Eyeball thing, we can talk about it more if you want to. Uh, and then a fumble on the first play of the next drive after the Titans drove 81 yards, really, really put the lights out. And pushed down at that point, put them up to 86. Yeah, on those fourth downs, like, what happened? I mean, there wasn't great blocking up front on the QB sneaks, but it's got to have been more than that. Yeah, really specific things on, on each play. So the, fourth, the first fourth and one play, Bradley Bozeman had a very tentative pull on the play. He, not only did he not find a block to make if it was too late, he didn't choose where to stick his head in, uh, which, which slowed up Lamar in terms of picking the hole. And Lamar could have gone outside, could have gone inside, but he, if he was going to go inside, he had to follow up a, a scrum push from Bozeman. If he was going to go outside, uh, Bozeman had to choose that way or get out of his way at the very least. And he didn't do either. So, so that one, he's had a great year pulling, but that was one really bad play. Go to the second, fourth, and one. Very different situation. At that time, the Ravens decided not going to run out of shotgun. Going to run it what effectively is a typical Flacco quarterback sneak from under center. And the Titans had in their jumbo package. They had four down linemen in the game. Six, two outside linebackers. Give them six across the line of scrimmage. The Ravens only showed one wide receiver who was covered directly by, by one cornerback on the field. But the Titans had all ten other men committed to the box. And, of course, the Ravens have a, have a running back in on the play. It's, it's not a force, but they did have a running back in on the play, Gus Edwards. And on that play, all five of the Ravens' national linemen either got stood up or submarined, and none could, could make the effective block. It was very easy. As bad as I've ever seen an offensive line collapse on the quarterback. Yeah, and the offensive line collapsed last year in the playoffs. Is this something the Ravens need to be worried about, their offensive line? I would say... They have questions on the defensive interior. Sorry, the offensive interior they need to answer now. Skura's injury is very serious. Uh, McCary did not play well down the stretch in the middle of the team. Uh, did not play well on this team, and it certainly hurt the team. 
Uh, ben Powers, they haven't given uh, an opportunity yet, so, so they really don't know, other than 29 snaps in the final game against the Steelers, just how good he could be. He may be at right, right guard next year replacing Yonda. I think it's very possible, given what we saw after the game, pictures and Yonda uh, playing on the field with his family, that, that we've seen the last of him. So, uh, good, you know, they're going to need to address the interior offensive line. It might be the might be the biggest or the second biggest need after after pass rush in the draft. Uh, and another, not as much need, wide receiver John Harbaugh talked today about how he thought that this offense would attract wide receivers. Uh, who, what wide receivers do you think could come to Baltimore? Well, I, I hope they don't get back on the wide receiver treadmill, the free agent wide receiver treadmill. It's been a loser. You know, if just think about how different this year might have been if they'd had Michael Crabtree or Jeremy Macklin or some other disinterested kind of uh, once professor, once professionals. Mike Wallace comes to mind as another guy. I mean, I just I don't want to build an offense around a player like that. I want to, I want to either have a draft pick we really like or a cheap guy at wide receiver who's trying to make a comeback. Maybe. But the guys they have on the outside right now with between Brown and Boykin, I like both of them. I think Boykin could make big strides this offseason if he really keeps his head in football and learns a, a wider set of routes to run and gets a little more polished and proficient as a route runner. And Jaleel Scott had a great training camp and then just faded into the shadows as well. So that could be another guy. Decent red zone target, but honestly, entering year three, his option value is way down. The chance of making the team this next year is actually fairly slim. Uh-huh. Um, coaching, was this was that an issue at all? I know, And I know that it was... It was decently balanced going into the third quarter but they weren't bringing receivers in motion they weren't faking the jet sweep when you're when you not having success inside but they were having success outside i just felt like greg roman's so creative but he he lost all creativity saturday night well you know it's it's a game of very that's very situational the ravens were constrained a lot by situation when they when they had all the cookies available to them i'd say it was the first drive of the third quarter the first drive of the game um, they moved the ball effectively. They weren't getting the third down a whole bunch of people in the first quarter. It was first down, second down, all the way down the field until the interception. So it really looked like they, they were the Ravens we'd seen all year. And at the beginning of the third quarter, they moved the ball very effectively. And I think they took what the Titans gave them in terms of a loose zone, which created options for Lamar to run. It certainly created options for Lamar to pass and keep the zone. Uh, but that's, what he, if that's the opportunity they're giving you. That's the opportunity you have to take. So you, it's, it's not the thing I challenge you to do, Yosef, is maybe go back over all the plays in the game and try and try and point to where should the Ravens should have run instead they pass instead of passing given the game situation. I think you'd start by eliminating the entire fourth quarter. They shouldn't have run at all during that period when you know, they're down three scores. Yeah, I do agree there. Yeah, I think I'll try to do that later. Um, John Harbaugh didn't play starters in week 17 and several players were coming off the flu. It was rainy. And the second guessing that Harbaugh would have taken if someone had gotten an injury would have been greater than the Buck Showalter and Yubato Jimenez situation in Toronto. But if the Ravens are in the same situation next year, week 17, no flu, better weather, what should Harbaugh do? Rest, rest or rust? Because you, you only have two choices there. It's an either or choice. It's not a, it's not a, there are no half measures. Because you can't have those guys on the active roster and then have them play, say, two series or something just to keep fresh. They have to, if they're on the active roster and they play two series, then you're trying to play the rest of the game with, with 39 players or, or, or less, you know, kind of thing in terms of, uh, of uh, 
trying to get through it. So it doesn't really work. You have to either you have to either decide to rest seven key players, or you have to decide that you're you're uh, you're going to play them and they're going to see a fairly significant amount of action. But I, I don't think there's an in between thing. And honestly, my choice certainly under the conditions would have been to rest. But I think normally would be to rest them too. Uh huh. There were a bunch of drops in the game. I saw one measure when I was just going back on some film. It was seven. How much, like, why were there drops? Was that rust? Was that just, like, what happened? Variety of things going on, but there was fairly significant wind at the game, which eliminated or reduced a lot of Lamar's accuracy. And I'm talking accuracy in terms of the location of the football on the body, where he's been very, very good the whole year. Uh, throwing it after the interception, it was very wind affected by the way. The Ravens throwing with the wind, ball sailed high. Andrews did have to tap to tip it, so a lot of people are blaming it on Andrews or whatever. But it was really high throw because of the wind. And and after that play, uh, Lamar was going more with a heavier 12 to 6 motion with arm angles that have probably helped his accuracy by being comfortable the rest of the year. And, and I, with that heavy 12 to 6 motion, he's throwing more down through the body like a sinker ball picture, pitcher almost. And that was that would had some impact on reducing accuracy left to right and, and creating some low balls that were hard to dig out of the dirt. There's one in particular to the to running back, I think it was the middle on the right side. Yeah, Mark Ingram had one on a swing pass. Might, might be on the right side. Uh, uh, uh-huh. I mean, after the game, I, one of the defensive backs for the Titans say that, yeah, they copied the Bills' defensive game plan against the Ravens. And uh, all the haters of Lamar Jackson are out there saying, yeah, if Lamar Jackson's figure out he's over. Lamar had 500 yards of offense. What, I mean, was it the rece- I mean, the win was a huge factor. But have teams figured out a possible game plan to slow down Lamar Jackson, or was it 500 yards of offense in a bad game for him? Uh, he didn't have a great game. I mean, his yards per throw were not great. I mean, they had 92 offensive snaps in the, in the game, which is the all-time record for the Ravens in any game, postseason, regular season, whatever. They had 91 once previously. That was against the Chargers in the 4-29 game in 2012. Otherwise, and that was overtime. Right. The regulation was only 87. So that gives you an idea just how ridiculous a play count the Ravens had. Um, it, it wasn't a matter of they were moving the ball effortlessly down the field. We know that wasn't true. The failed fourth downs were very high leverage losses, and Lamar has to share a you know a portion of the blame for those. The three turnovers, you know, each one involved him obviously in some way, uh, interception, interception, and his fumble. So, you know, I, I I don't think you can excuse him for this game. I think it was quite a bad game despite the gaudy yardage figures, and you often see that with losing quarterbacks is they'll pile up a ton of yards uh, in, in the forced to pass comeback situation which Lamar had you know 30 they had 30 offensive plays in that fourth quarter right but um I feel like if I remember the stats right he had 230 total yards in the first half I didn't feel like it was completely warped towards that towards the second half I don't know particular quarters as well um Marlon Humphrey said at the end of the game, Ravens are a team which chokes at the end of the year. I mean, you have week 17 Steelers. Uh, week 16, you had the Steelers. Week 17, you had the Bengals. Then they had the Chargers last year. You had the Titans this year. I mean, this is a team that's looking like the Saints that finds a way to lose. That's not the correct mentality you want. What do you, what do you make of that statement? 
I don't have a problem with the statement. I think Humphrey came out of this game having given up the touchdown to Khalif Raymond and was effectively being self-effacing about it and saying, hey, look, we didn't play that great. And, you know, I didn't play that great specifically is, is embedded within that, whether or not he actually said it. And, you know, I, I, think, I don't think he was pointing at the offense in, in terms of, of what he was doing there. Uh, and and is he is he correct? I mean, there's no other way to interpret it. It's they should be self-effacing about it as an organization and say, you know, how do we avoid losing a game like this the next time? Absolutely. And I mean, I was talking about the Saints before the year. I was like, I mean, Saints. I mean, they lost in the divisional round. They lost in the NFC Championship. They're on track to lose in the Pro Bowl. I mean, at the rate they're going, just losing that round. But this year, they lost in the wild card. They, just, I mean, some teams find a way to lose in the postseason, and the Ravens really want to avoid becoming one of those teams. Marlon Humphrey is coming up on free agency. Do you think he wants to stay in Baltimore? Yes. Yeah, I think, uh, I think he does. Uh, I think it makes all of sense. In fact, I think pretty much everybody on the team, having Lamar Jackson, all things otherwise equal, would rather stay in Baltimore. Nobody wants to play against Lamar Jackson. You've heard that from all around the league. Pernod McPhee is going to be coming back. Um, did he get signed I, today? I did not hear. He, uh, he did. I thought he was on a multi-year deal. Was he only on one-year deal? One then year he was deal. not signed. Um, then he he was not signed. Should the Ravens bring him back? He was he was great in the first couple of games. I I think you know the the pass rush is weak. They need to figure out how to not have McPhee be the guy they need to rely on to play both run and pass defense. So let's figure out how he can play 15 snaps a game, 18 snaps a game, and be that interior rush presence that the Ravens really need. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think it makes all kinds of sense to bring him back. The other thing I'd like to see is McPhee is a very crafty. He's very good at his craft. And if he could spend time with Jalen Ferguson somehow to get him better, boy, would I like that to use his hands, particularly as a pass rusher. It's almost like a video game McPhee does it. Um, what's the biggest thing Jalen Ferguson needs to work on? Um, he's got the bull rush, so I'm not concerned about that. He needs to learn how to set the edge more effectively, and that's a lot of technique issues that are that – are, you know, it's a lot small, a lot of reading keys, a lot of that kind of stuff. But most of all, he needs to use his hands more in the pass rush to develop a second pass rush move and just be more violent as a pass rusher. Right now, he just he's just a straight pusher. And it's not that he's bad at that, but in order to be effective and be a closer, he's going to need to be more of a hands guy. One last thing, Ken. What's the key for the, for the Ravens to make Super Bowl 55 next year? Not have a big drop-off offensively, I would say, uh, is the biggest thing. They, need, they have some retooling deal on defense, but it's not have a big big drop off offensively they they were a historic team in terms of points per drive they need to maintain 85 percent of that to, to be a really top contender for next year all right thanks ken that was ken McCusick. he breaks down ravens game day film every week and he came on sports with yosef big thanks to him for coming on and a lot of factors went to loss like he said there was a lot of wind, which honestly, from watching, you really weren't able to tell tell at, from at home. You're in a nice climate-controlled area. I couldn't tell there was a whole lot of wind. There weren't a whole lot of field goal tries, and so I wasn't really looking able to see the flags on the uprights. I really wasn't aware that there were winds, so uh, credit to Ken for noticing and pointing that one out. That one I... Um, Definitely surprised me, but regardless, seven drops, two of them would have been touchdowns. That's, it's, I mean, it's hard enough to win a game in the in a league that's built for parity. Add to that seven drops, at least 12 missed points. Hey, 
That I mean, that's not any, a formula to win. That's a formula to lose. And the Ravens, from what it sounded like from Ken, they they let the win get to them. That's not what you want to be doing. And Lamar, Lamar Jackson wasn't great throwing to the outside. And while some of his passes did sail, like Ken said, on that interception to Mark Andrews, Ravens got to figure out a way to overcome that. Ken didn't have an issue with the play calling. And I'm not saying I, I don't really sure not sure that I have an issue with the play calling either. But I might have an issue with the way the coaches responded to the wind. And I, I don't know. I don't feel it was I'm not saying there was a huge there wasn't a huge there was a huge mistake that the coaches made. They're like, why do you do that? Why are you doing that thing? Why did you make that decision? I'm not sure that there was one of those moments. But I'm not sure this is one of the best coached games. I'm not sure this is one of the best played games. It wasn't. The Ravens lost. And the Ravens have... I mean, Ravens and their fans right now have two options of how to view this season and this loss. You can go like, you know what? <sighs> Darn it. Out of the playoffs again. Ignore the whole regular season. Oh, come on. Oh, it was a fluke. Lamar wasn't too playing well. Uh, I mean, he only won, he's only going to win the MVP for it. I mean... Yeah, forget about the regular season. This 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 season is represented by this playoff loss. That's one option. I don't really want to say that. I feel this is a loss where the Ravens have to learn from. And if the Ravens can learn from it, I ask Ken at the end, what's the road to Super Bowl 55? The offense has to play well next year. And at the same time, they have to learn from this loss, not let this loss affect them, Ken wasn't so worried about Marlon Humphrey's comments about how th that the Ravens are just a team that loses in the playoffs. I don't know. I, they worry me a little bit more. I'm worried that in the back of his mind, in the back of the Ravens' minds, they're going to be thinking, how are we going to lose it this time? How are we going to find another way to lose? That's what I'm worried about. The Ravens got to get rid of that mentality. They have to remember this season as a historic season, which it was. I mean, I don't think there was a game where they didn't break a record. Probably was. But, I mean, every single game, you just saw such great performance. And even in the losses, there was... I mean, you, ha you had that loss to the Chiefs. You had that loss to the Browns. And there were issues. But the Ravens fixed those issues. And they have to fix the issues that were in this loss. They can't fix the win, guys. M&T Bank Stadium is not going to be indoors. I can almost guarantee that will not have changed by 2020. In fact, you know what? I'm guaranteeing it. M&T Bank Stadium will not be endorsed next year. You're, that's your big prediction and guarantee. But the Ravens can find a way to build an offense with their win. Um, Lamar does have a good um, have good arm. He can throw pretty far down the field. Maybe you want to work on his arm strength. Definitely, you you need to work on his passing outside the numbers. And you need to figure out, a, and the Ravens coaches need to figure out a way to maybe up that arm strength a little bit so that the wind doesn't bother him. I mean, we've kind of gotten spoiled in Baltimore with Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, you can critique him all you want, but he had a very strong arm. Wind, not almost never a factor. And Lamar's spiral wasn't very, I mean, it was not impressive at all. Sunday night, uh, Saturday night. And that's... I don't know. I mean, it was, our, I think, the worst I've seen a spiral all year. Uh, Ken said he did change his throwing motion. That probably played a factor. The wind probably played a factor. Rest. 
could have played a factor. When was the last time Lamar played a competitive game? Let's see. He didn't play week 17. Week 16, um, was that competitive? Not. Re- I mean, I don't know. I don't really think so. Jets, you had the Jets. Ravens blew them out. Who, who was before the Jets? I should not be blinking on this. They would have been on the road. Would that have been Buffalo? I think so. Buffalo was competitive. But that was also a very, very windy situation. San Francisco was competitive. That was really rainy. Um, I mean, it's, but we're talking about a month, over a month since Lamar Jackson had played competitive football against that Bills. I mean, that's a long time to be on break. While I understand where Kent's coming from saying don't play your starters in Week 17 next year, even if it's in better conditions, I don't know. I I think that a guy like Lamar Jackson, who is on, who is on such a trend, who, if things go right next year, will be on such a hot hand, I would play him. I would be conservative, but I would play him. I would play him probably for three quarters and let him get reps in, let him be freshly motivated because of his recent mistakes. And don't get me wrong, Lamar Jackson was, I'm not saying Lamar Jackson was not motivated against the Titans. I mean, Lamar Jackson came out firing in the fourth quarter. And Ken said, yeah, that padded his stats. But, I mean, he still came out with fire. He still still came out trying to win the ball game. And you can make a legitimate argument that if Hayden Hurst catches that pass in the end zone, and and you have that touchdown, you can make an argument that Tucker, who has never hit an onside kick in his career, never, what his storyline would be if he would hit a kick there and Ravens come back. Because there is no quarterback in the league I would rather have on the field with two, in a two-minute drive than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, I mean, people were saying Lamar can't play in the playoffs. He can't play. I mean, when you're saying he can't play in the playoffs, are you saying that's because he's he can't play better teams? Because Lamar consistently played better teams this year than the Ravens and beat them. And that's why the Ravens were the best team in the NFL, so maybe not better teams. Yes, he's lost to the Chiefs twice. But he's beat great coaches in Bill Belichick. He's beat great defenses in the 49ers. He's beat really strenuous traveling conditions in that Rams game flying across the country. Then he came back and excelled on that short week um, when he had the the Jets was a very short week coming off of a very tough Bills game. Lamar Jackson plays well in the fourth quarter when he needs to. I mean, when the Ravens aren't up by 30. Lamar Jackson's two-minute drive is really a work of magic. I really, really liked his two-minute drive for last year. I mean, that and that was one of the things how Lamar Jackson orchestrated his two-minute drives that gave me confidence to say Lamar Jackson can be an NFL quarterback and he will bounce back from the, from that Chargers loss in the playoffs. Because I knew that, yeah, prime time wasn't going to be an issue with Lamar Jackson. He showed up in the lights this year. He had a historic Monday Night Football setting records right, left, and center don't tell me Lamar Jackson isn't able to deal with the spotlight and the playoffs because that's ridiculous. Don't tell me Lamar Jackson. I mean, maybe maybe you can make an argument that Lamar Jackson can't deal with everyone thinking he's great. Maybe. I very much doubt it. Football's a team sport. And the Ravens know that. They know this loss is more than accredited to Lamar Jackson. They know a playoff loss is accredited to more, more than Lamar Jackson. They know a Super Bowl is accredited to more than the quarterback, more than to hopefully Lamar Jackson. But this is a Ravens team 
that needs to fix the interior offensive line, needs to work on pass rush. I will do an off season. I will do multiple off season episodes um, about what the Ravens needs to do. I mean, they're gonna. They've got the draft. They're, I mean, they're. I mean, Jadavian Clowney's gonna be a free agent unless the Seahawks resign him. That could be an intriguing guy on the edge. There are guys that the Ravens can get on the edge. There are guys the Ravens can figure out a way to shore up that middle, the interior offensive line. The players are there. The quarterback is there. The coaching staff is staying the same. The tools are there. The pieces are there for the Ravens to go out and have a successful franchise. They've been one of the best franchises since they've come into the league in 1996. And they are trying to do it with their fourth starting quarterback. And if you're wondering, by the way, why I'm not doing a more thorough breakdown of this Ravens-Titans game, it's because I did a blog post breaking it down pretty much as, I mean, as fast after the game as I could put it out. It came out, what, probably Tuesday? So check that out, sportsblog.com. Username, yosefm613. Check that out, um, as well as all of my other blog posts. Check out all the previous episodes of Sports with Yosef, as well as checking out my live streams on Sportscaster, sportscaster.com, slash yosefm613, where I will, I'm covering the playoffs. I'm going to be doing, I mean, if you're listening in time, AFC and Championships. I'm going to be doing the Super Bowl uh, as well as a whole bunch of other stuff. I regularly broadcast there. Make sure you check that out, as well as giving me a follow on Twitter, at YosefM613, at YOSEFM613. And I also apologize for the audio quality in this episode. had a bunch of technical difficulties, which I've never had before, of the way Ken's audio came through. So I had to play around with it just to be able to get you guys to hear it and some of the effects are not as planned. Regardless, thanks for listening to this episode of Sports with Yosef. I'm Yosef Messiner. I'll see you next time.